Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This weekend, we continued our series titled Recover All, and our lead pastor, Greg Dumas, is back in the pulpit bringing the word in this message titled Recover His Name. We hope you enjoy this weekend's message. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. It's awesome to have that kind of reception. Can we welcome our Plant City campus and our South Shore campus? Give them a big hand. Jesus is good. Delighted to be back with you. It has been a hot minute. For uh, several months now, I've gone through so, uh, a multiple surgical procedures, and I'm kind of working my way back into the platform on the weekend uh, services, and just delighted to be able to be with you, to be here. Uh, welcome to those of you who are brand new at the Crossing Church. Uh, I am the lead pastor here. <laughs> uh, I bumped into a friend that I haven't seen in like 15 years. I think he's going to the Plant City campus, and he said, I, I thought they were lying. I thought you died. <laughs> Uh, so I haven't died. I, I'm right here. And uh, God is so, so good. Doing something a little bit different. Uh, if you've been here for a while, you know that sitting is a, is a little is a little not my style, but I'm sitting for a couple of reasons. Uh, and I'm going to try to do that as I'm healing up. Number one is because um, my wife asked me to. <laughs> she said I overexpressed myself on first Wednesday and I did. The next day, I woke up and I was, uh, I was, I was, uh, I was, yep, so I did, yep. Um, and so I'm trying to stay in good graces. You know what I'm talking about? You've, you've heard the saying before, happy wife. Happy wife. Come on, that's good theology in the name of Jesus. Now, that's just, that's, that's good. I'm trying to stay in good graces. God is good. No. Man, I'm telling you, God is good. He, uh, he's done some wonderful, wonderful things. During this, this trial, this season that I've gone through, he's really showed me a lot. What I'd love to do now is, is I'd like to recognize my wife. Can we do that for just a moment? Can we just give her a big hand? I, um, she's here at the Tampa campus. God bless you, baby. Mm. Wow. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for, uh, I'm not going to get all mushy. Thank you. Thank you. Just thank you for everything. All that you've done to stand with me and through so many uh, seasons. And then I'd love to, can, can we just give it up uh, for our staff and for our team, for our volunteers, our servant leaders, really, really big deal. Our prayer partners, our intercessory prayer team. They, uh, if you have a chance, go back and, and watch last week's first Wednesday. I talk a little bit more about the surgeries. I go a little bit more in depth so you can understand a little bit more. And then there's an incredible, incredible testimony about the power of prayer. Uh, I really believe that our church and our intercessors and other churches around the world saved my life. Amen. Like I, I, I'm seriously, I seriously believe that they saved my life. I could have not been here, but I am. I am. I am. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the body of Christ. And we pray today that we would be changed. I pray that every heart would get everything that they need. Every mind would receive from you the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. The second reason why uh, I'm I'm sitting and I'll try to do this for a few weeks and, uh, you know, maybe I'll be in and then be out and I'm just going to try to work through it. Okay. Thank you for having patience um, as I'm working back into it. Um, 
The second reason why I'm sitting is because I feel like God is asking all of us to recover, to recover. And he gave me the word a couple of weeks ago out of 1 Samuel, uh, and you can turn there in your Bibles if you have it. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8, and he's speaking to King David, and uh, I'm reading out of the King James Version, okay? So it's not a typo when it says, and David inquired uh, at the Lord or of the Lord, okay? Uh, he, he besought the Lord. He asked the Lord, what should I do? Saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? Shall I overtake them? And the reason why he's asking is because David, um, he was hiding out. He was hanging out with the wrong group of people. And he was away with his 600 men. He, he turned that group of men into an elite fighting force. And he had settled in a place called Ziklag. While he was away, the Amalekites came and raided his camp. And the Amalekites are synonymous with what we would consider uh, the work of the enemy. Okay? They're very cruel people, very unusually cruel people in the Bible, but they're also very cowardly. Cruel but cowardly. Doesn't that describe Satan? Just, just super cruel, but he's also very cowardice. And so he scoped out David, Amalek did. Amalek was the grandson of Esau, the brother of Jacob. Remember Esau who sold his birthright for a bowl of soup? And so these are the descendants of Esau. They scope David out while he's away. They come and raid his camp. They take everything that he owns, all of his herds and cattle and sheep and goats, and they take all of those things. They take their wives and they take their children and then they burn the camp to the ground. Can I, doesn't that feel a little bit like 2020? Right? This kind of, this feels a little bit like 2020. And God is saying to us, he tells David three things that I want you to really just get in your heart. I, a couple of weeks ago as I was praying, I heard the Lord speak to me very, very clearly. And he said, this is the word for today. This is the word for uh, November. This is the word for this season. And we were going to do a uh, normally in November, we're doing giving. And so God bless you. Oh, I love you. By the way, thank you so much for being so faithful in the name of Jesus. Give yourselves a huge hand, please. Thank you so much. I mean, you have been faithful, 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 faithful. So here's what he says. And this is what it says in the scripture. He answered him. He answered David and he says to us, pursue. I, I want you to go and pursue. Once once you go to the heartache and the brokenness and the tears and the discouragement and the profound sense of loss, and, and David thinks he's lost everything. There's, there's nothing left. David thinks he's lost everything. I want you to pursue. I want you to get up from where you are, and I want you to go strike out after the enemy, even if you don't know exactly where you're going, because the providence of God is going to lead you where you need to go. And then two promises come with that. He says, surely you will overtake you're going to overtake the enemy. In other words, the enemy, we're used to fighting the enemy on our ground. God says, I want you to go fight the enemy on his ground. I want you to go, I want you to go seek him out, all right? Not in your own strength. The seven sons of Sceva found that one out, right? Some of you know the scripture. We want to find the enemy in God's strength. And we want to defeat him. The Bible says we would overtake and recover all. Come on, somebody, say recover all. Recover, recover it all. Amen. Recover it all. 
So we've been a little bit distracted, maybe hiding, maybe hanging out with the wrong group of people. 2020 flipped upside down in March. It seemed like the world was going just fine. And then the next day, COVID hit and the entire world, did it blow your mind? Literally the entire globe just went, it flipped upside down. And COVID came onto the scene. And then we started dealing with extreme political views, right? Come on. You've been here, right? And then extreme polarization. Extreme. Extreme polarization. And what that mixture has caused is a disenfranchised or disheartened Christian. Just disheartened, disenfranchised. Where's God? What's going on? What, how is this happening? What, is, what, is, what happened to us? And the good news is that God doesn't want it to stay that way. He wants us to recover all. Most of all, the matchless name of Jesus. He wants us to recover his name and his fame and his glory, his friendship. And today we're going to talk about recovering his name, church. Recovering the name that's above every other name. The name that's above every other name. And so I'm going to to just jump in here, okay? And I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about division because we're dealing with it, right? In our nation, in our homes, in our our families, even, so get ready for Thanksgiving, it's coming. (laughs) Your in-laws are coming. You can't avoid talking about, so what's the rule? Don't ever talk about politics and religion. You've been taught well. Please talk about politics and religion. Please, please do it with grace, do it with confidence, pray a lot. Do not, I want to say this to you, do not offend your family members. That's not what we're here for, right? Don't be right more than you love somebody. Don't just, just have the conversations. Don't not have the conversations, double negative, love that English majors. I do love you. (laughs) Have the conversation, but have it the right way. So I'm going to jump right in. Here we go. Division. You ready for it? Are you ready for it? Some of you are not ready for it. You just, just, mm -hmm. you're already like, what? What are you going to say? Okay, I'm going to ask you not to clap because we're a clapping group of people here at the Crossing Church. I mean, we clap it up. I mean, we clap, clap. Okay, so so don't clap this time. And I'm going to even make the motion of clapping. Now, it's COVID restriction. No clapping. No clapping. No, No clapping at South Shore. No clapping at Plant City. No clapping at Tampa. Okay, you ready? Here we go. A couple of statements. Here we go. I'm jumping right in. If it were that Joe Biden is legally and officially certified as the next president of the United States, then so be it. No, don't, don't, don't. Don't do it. Some will be happy. Some will be sad. If it were that Donald Trump is legally and officially certified and retains the presidency of the United States, then so be it. Don't, don't do it. Some of you are like, Some will be happy, some will be sad. Remember, we've been through this in our lifetime, right? In 2000, you remember? Some of you are like... It's the famous year of the hanging chad in the state of Florida. You remember the hanging chads, right? Al Gore claimed presidency for 36 days until the courts decided that George W. Bush was the 43rd president of the United States of America. So I I think it's interesting that in 2000, 
two attorneys litigated in the state of Florida for the interpretation of the law, the voting laws, one of whom was Brett Kavanaugh, a very famous attorney at the time, and 28-year-old Amy Coney Barrett, both of whom are now Supreme Court justices. Okay, so don't, cl- don't start clapping. Don't, I don't, hey, hey, hey. Is it coincidence or is it providence? Hold on now. We don't know. Listen, we don't know. We don't know. God knows. We don't know. What we do know is that we will struggle and have difficulty no matter who sits in the seat of presidency because they are a man. Until there's a lady that sits in that seat, a woman that sits in that seat. Seriously, I'm not being, I'm not being snide. Uh, you look across our country. You just look across our country what God is doing. Our confidence is not in man. Our confidence is in God. First Samuel, here's the reference. First Samuel 8, 1 through 22. Because Israel said, give us a king, give us a king, give us a king. We want to be like other nations. And God said, are you sure you want a king? Yeah, there's going to be trouble with him. There's going to be difficulty. Why? He's human. He's human. Please do not hear me say that it's unimportant who we elect because I really, 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 really think it's important who we elect. I think it's a big deal. What I'm trying to emphasize is a greater problem for Christians. Is everybody believe in Jesus? Today you believe in the name of Jesus? Okay, listen, let me tell you something. Here's what our problem is. We're spending far too little time in the Word. And we're spending far, 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 far too much time on our media. In front of the television. So we're listening to voices that are not God's voice. And we're confused. We're angry. We're upset. We're exhausted. We're tired. We're angry. Here's what God says, Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots. And some trust in horses. But we, come on, say we. We. But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. We. I'm not going to listen to this news or this media or this post or this person or Facebook or Twitter or anybody else. I'm going to listen to Jesus. I'm going to hear from him. I'm going to get in my closet. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to pray to him. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to believe him. And I'm going to do my best in this country that is, uh, 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 let me be, (laughs) in this country that has all kinds of views. I'm going to do my best to follow this view. So a couple of questions here. They're earnest questions, believe me. And I'm going to pause for just a second after each one of them. And I, want, I would love Christians all over the world, wherever this message goes. And, and, and there are people serving in our military all over the world, all over the United States. I, I, this, these, these are serious questions, earnest questions that I have. Have we, as American Christians, lost our biblical compass? What has happened to believers seriously seeking the Lord in spirit and in truth? Second, Will we, will we remain a city on a hill? The salt and the light of the earth? Is that going to remain true of the American church? 
You know, through the centuries, through the millennia, there, there are churches that rose up, there are regions and countries and states that rose up only to decline. Because, and let me tell you how they decline, because they get rid of this. You know, they're burning Bibles in Oregon. In Portland, they're burning Bibles. In California, churches are being um, restricted from meeting. And I know COVID is, a, COVID is a serious thing, but they're being restricted from meeting. Churches have met and prayed and helped the sick and helped the needy and have gone into the community through every war, famine, flood, disease, and das- disaster in all of history. The, ch- the church is the church. The church can never not be the church. We're not afraid. We run into the fire. We don't run away from it. Are we still able to speak the truth in love? And then lastly, and I think this is so important, what has happened to our most important distinction, church? The very, the most important distinction that we have, that the world would know us by our Come on, everybody say, one for another. Come on, take a look around the room, wherever you are. If you're at home, of course, you know that you've got family there. Take a look around the room. Just scan the room for a second at our campuses. Look around. Look at the diversity and the beauty and the wonder. And God is asking us, can you see other people? Can you see other perspectives? What's happening is we're losing our ability to dialogue and to talk. The movement is called popularism. And it's the opinion that something must be true because it's popular. (laughs) My parents used to say to me, just because everybody around you jumps off a cliff doesn't mean you. Thank you. Now I say to my children, where in the world did you get that information? And they go. (laughs) Did you ever think you were going to be holding a supercomputer? Back when you were doing DOS? <laughs> you know, the, I mean, 25, 30 years ago, you would have had to have mainframe computers that took buildings to hold what we hold in our hands. Just astounding. The notion that something's true or false based on popular opinion, l- listen to this, based on popular opinion of the time has never passed the test of time. Whether something's true or false, in a region or a season or a culture that's popular in the time has never passed the test of time. This has passed the test of time. For every generation, for every group of people, for every color, race, creed, nation, every human. Everyone said in Noah's day it wasn't going to rain, <laughs> but it did. Worldwide flood. Lots of people in the Middle Ages said the world was flat, and then Columbus sailed the ocean blue in. Two of you are like, 1492. I'm dyslexic. 1942. This one's a little more sinister. This one's a little bit more sinister. Almost everyone, come on, say everyone. Everyone. 
almost everyone. Every, so, so the people you hang out with, they get the same stuff you get. The people they hang out with get different stuff. Almost everybody, almost everybody in Hitler's Germany believed exactly what Hitler told them about the Jewish people. Almost everyone, almost everybody in Hitler's Germany. Thank God that we didn't. Thank God that England didn't. Thank God. Thank God. Hitler's quoted as saying this, if you tell a big enough lie and you tell it frequently enough, it will be believed. If you tell a big enough lie and you tell it frequently enough, it will be believed. And that's human nature, isn't it? Please go and look at the Netflix original called The Social Dilemma. Please go, please, 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 find the time to go look at the Netflix original uh, uh, Social Dilemma and then delete your Netflix after that. <clears throat> if you don't know why, ask somebody. Uh, here's a little clip from, uh, from The Social Dilemma and then I'm going to tell you what it means because the clip does not, um, does not imply all that it means. Check it out. What I want people to know is that everything they're doing online is being watched, is being tracked, is being measured. Every single action you take is carefully monitored and recorded. Exactly what image you stop and look at, for how long you look at it. Oh yeah, seriously, for how long you look at it. They know when people are lonely, they know when people are depressed, they know when people are looking at photos of your ex-romantic partners, they know what you're doing late at night, they know the entire thing. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, or what kind of neuroses you have, what your personality type is like. They have more information about us than has ever been imagined in human history. It is unprecedented. Some of you are like, ex-romantic partners. <laughs> this thing away from me. The documentary describes how social media and big tech, both of them, social media and big tech, are harvesting our personal data. Listen, listen. And systematically programming us to polarization. They're systematically programming you and me to polarize against one another for profit, for money. And so what happens is there's an algorithm built for your preference. And as you scroll your preference, it feeds you your preference more and more and more and more. And the next person next to you, it finds their algorithm and it feeds them their preference. It just happens to be two different preferences. And so we end up hating each other because of what we've seen and heard, much of which is garbage. Garbage. Unbelievable. But that's exactly what's taking place. So here's, what ha here's what's happened. Big tech and social media are the voice that we believe and listen to instead of the voice of God. And so God is saying to us, if you got your Bible, again, turn to uh, Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to read this. We, we, uh, we need a new attitude. I, I hear that. A new attitude. <laughs> chapter 2, if you have any encouragement, Philippians chapter 2, from being united with Christ, if, there's, if you're happy about that at all, 
If any comfort in his love, he loves you and has covered you. If any fellowship with the Spirit, if you're engaging with the Spirit of God, if there's any tenderness or compassion inside of you, if you're warm in any way, if there's anything that Jesus has done for you to care for you and show you that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, then make my joy complete, Paul says. He's writing to the church at Corinth. Be like-minded. Have the same mind. How do you do that? Less of this, more of this. Less of this, more of this. Less of this, more prayer. Less of this, more contemplation. Less of this, more solitude. We, we have to hear from the Lord. We just keep going and going and going and going. Being one in spirit and purpose. Be one together. You don't have to be uniform. I want you to be different colors and different shapes and different sizes. I want you to believe different things. But I want you to love one another and I want you to admire me in a way that is remarkable. I want other people to know that you admire me so much that you're first, that I'm first in your life, all of you. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, in humility, not in fragility. We've become so fragile, haven't we? <laughs> they said, they called so and so something. Sorry. <laughs> the Washington football team. <laughs> Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude, say attitude. Your attitude, we need to, just like a pilot, we need to adjust our attitude. We need to find our true north again. And our true north is a person. His name is Jesus. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God. That's a pretty high degree. Better than Harvard. He did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. He was God, and then he came down and became man, like a human to an ant. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Here we go. Therefore, God exalted him. He, he lifted him up into the heavens, into the cosmos, into the highest place, and he gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee that can bend will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every creature, every person, every human for all of time in the cosmos. You know there's other created beings. The angels will bow. Satan will bow. Everybody that's ever spoken a word will bow. Humans will bow. Every creature will bow under heaven and earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. He's Lord. So, 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 so real quick, so real quick, what do we do with this division? What do I do? What, what do we do? I'm queued up. I'm already queued. What do I do? Make Jesus the Lord of your life. Make him the centerpiece of your life. Make the name of Jesus the name that you follow above every other name. Amen. Above your creed, above your color, above what you were raised in, above what you know above what's being sent to you on your phone and what you're seeing on your television. If we can, if we can receive, listen, turn to your neighbor, just, just do, this, do this in a nice way, okay? Say, I am your brother's keeper. So, so that's a little bit redundant. English people, I love you. 
You could, you, we could shorten it and say, I am your keeper. I am your keeper. You know, that's, that's, what, that's, what, that's what the world doesn't want us to do. The world doesn't want us to do that. The world wants to say, I hate you, you hate me. We're divided over this, 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 and this. The Bible says, no, we're one in Jesus Christ. He is our banner. And we would say to another person, I am your brother's keeper. I've got your back. I don't have to agree, but we're family. Come on, church. Seriously. Get this in your spirit. The name of Jesus has to be above every other name. The name of Jesus has got to be above your color, above your grade, above your pay grade, above your sociology, above your economics. It's got to be above who you are, where you are, where you're going. It's got to be above all of those things. The name of Jesus has to be preeminent. Secondly, we're dealing with a lot of distress, just distress all over the place. We're we're just distressed. We're broken. We're busted. We're beat up. We're afraid. We're afraid. We are afraid. I've, I've never seen believers more discouraged, really ever. I've never, I'm 51, super young. I've never seen believers more discouraged. I've not been in this game 70 years, but I have been 25 plus. I've never seen believers more discouraged. I've never seen believers more afraid. And so, I mean, this thing, this is a world phenomenon that we're facing is a very dangerous, it's an imminent, it's very real, it's dangerous. We want to be careful, we want to be thoughtful, but we cannot be fearful. Come on, come on, still, you're like, what are you saying? Don't hear me saying anything. Don't, don't put words in my mouth, okay? I want you to be safe. That's what, we, always, we always want to be safe. But you cannot give your reverence to anyone but Jesus. Your reverence belongs to Jesus alone. Here's what the scripture says, okay? And so those of you who are suffering, you're dealing with illness, sickness, discouragement, brokenness at home, loss of income. Here's, here's what the Psalm 91 5 and 6 and then 13 and 14. It's a messianic psalm. That means it's applied to Jesus. And Jesus says that if it's applied to me, it's applied to you. You will not fear the terror of night. And we just pronounce over you right now in the name of Jesus, if you're having night terrors, be gone in the name of Jesus. For all of your children, for you, that's what happens when, we, when, when there's loss of income, loss of job, we have terror. We fall into terror, and then we're terrorized at night. Nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. We're going to respect it. Everybody say respect. Respect. But we're not going to despair. We're not going to be afraid. 13, you will tread upon the lion and the cobra, this is, an, this is a, a statement about Jesus. And if you go back and look in Matthew chapter four, Jesus quotes the scripture to the devil when the devil's like, turn these stones into uh, bread. I'm gonna take you to a high place and I want you to jump down from here. The angels are gonna keep your foot from striking the stone. And then he took him to the temple and, 
And he said, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. And each time Jesus replies to the devil and our reply is, sucka, it is written. I will live by every word from the mouth of the Lord. I, I will live. I live. I, I don't live. Sucka's not in there if you're looking for it. Um, sorry, being disrespectful. We, you, you should respect the enemy too, but just. Fight him not on your own terms in the flesh. Let the power of Jesus come on your life so that you can face the enemy. And you'll be as bold as a lion. You will trample the lion and the cobra. That's what it means. And then it says, because he loves me, because you, because, because we love him, says the Lord. This is Jehovah. This is Yahweh, his Old Testament covenant name, 6,000 times in the Bible. I will rescue him or her. I will protect him or her because they acknowledge my name. Because you acknowledge my name. It does, it's not a promise that everything will be perfect all the time. It means that your life is secure in Jesus. So whatever you're going through, I want you to know, Jesus already paid for the victory. And he paid in cash. He didn't write a check. 2,000 years ago, he went to the cross and he shed his blood. And when he did, he imparted to you and he imparted to me divine sovereign protection. Divine sovereign protection. Even if that protection goes into eternity. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you know what I'm saying. Let, let, me, let me explain. If you go and buy a car in cash, let's say you get the most expensive car. Let's dream for a second. Just dream about the car you're going to get. Best car, you, you know what I mean? I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> Tell your favorite car. You go and you pay in cash. God's blessed you and you pay in cash. And then you come back six months later to the dealership and you say, um, I, I'd like to return this car. <laughs> 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 not happening. You can burn it. You can drive it off a cliff. You can give it to a friend, but you're not, you're not getting it back. And Jesus, when he died on the cross, he wrote, Ooh, I, I just, I want to stand up so bad. He paid in cash with his blood and it cannot be revoked. It's done once and forever. Jesus paid for your victory. In every way, in every shape, in every kind, in every decision, in every battle, in every healing, in everything that you face. He's paid. He's paid already. It's done. Okay, so listen. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's the banner. So when somebody is, if you're battling over a piece of ground, I don't know what it is. It might be your mind or your college or your work or your pay or your marriage. You're fighting for a piece of ground. I want you to know that Jesus has already fought that fight and he has planted the flag. He's Jehovah Nisi.
He's planted a flag in that piece of ground and he says, I have won this for you. The battle belongs to who? The Lord. He's Jehovah Nissi. We need to reclaim his name. He's Jehovah Nissi. Iwo Jima was tough, but our Marines were tougher. Every problem you face is tough, but Jesus, come on, Jesus is, he's bigger. He's stronger. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. Jesus is your provider. Jesus is your provider. The stream might dry up, but he's the source. And my God will provide, and my God will provide, and my God will provide, and my God will provide all of my needs. According to his what? Riches and glory. He's Jehovah Rapha. Sickness might be here, but the physician is here too. He's Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. And if we lose our peace, he is present with us. If you lose your peace, I want to just, just, just real quick, if you've lost your peace, come on, everybody, take a deep breath with me. Turn your TV off this afternoon. Go spend a minute with him. Halt your normal activities for a minute. Give him an hour. And let the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Prince of your peace speak to you. Let him recover for you. Leave that hour this afternoon knowing who the King is. I'll close like this. Uh, A friend of ours, uh, senior pastor at Gateway Church, Robert Morris, great church, great pastor. Two years ago, he had a routine surgery and there was a couple of iterations of this. He ended up with internal bleeding and he had to be medevaced, helicopter to an emergency surgery. And while he was in the helicopter, he lost consciousness and then they lost its pulse and its heartbeat. So in, in regular medical terms, he was gonzo. He's done. That, that, that's it. As he recounts the story, he says that he had an eternal encounter. He, he's very careful. He didn't say like, I went to heaven. But he, he does say that he was present with the Lord. It's pretty good news, isn't it? It's pretty good news. And he said, well, he was there. He said he had profound, like there was glory and light. Have you heard this? Have you heard these stories before? Glory, like a radiant glory, light. And he said he had peace that was so profound he couldn't, it's indescribable is what he said. And then he recognized that he was there and he was like, what about my family? And he had a sense right after he asked the question that his family, his wife and his children, and he, when he tells the story, he says, and don't leave my grandchildren out because you love your wife and your kids and then you have grandchildren. Everybody who's a grandparent knows what I'm saying. There's a different kind of love. All of them, he said, he had a sense would be with them immediately. Immediately. And the reason why is there's no time and space in heaven. A day is a thousand years. Right, church? And a thousand years is a day. 
in heaven. There is no time and space. And so when we go there, even if our distress, listen to, listen to me, even if our distress takes us past the threshold of what we think life is, our life is secure in Jesus. It is secure right here, right now, whatever we go through, and it is secure. It's secure. And then he remembers waking up in recovery. And he said, the Lord told me I had to go back. He said, you have to go back. I'm not finished with you. You've got work to do. You got to go back. And he was, and, and so he actually went into depression. And his family members were saying to him, we're so glad that you're back. And he was like, said he felt, ter- hey, he felt horrible. I, said, I mean, I mean, how much do you love your, your husband and your wife, your children, your grandchildren? How much do you love them? And he says, listen, I cannot describe to you. I can't, I, I can't, I can't. It's beyond human cognition. I can't describe to you what it's like. I'm so glad. He said, I'm so glad to be here with you. I really am glad to be here. And he said, but I cannot, I'll never worry about the things that I worried about before. I'll never do it again because I have peace and a perspective that anchors this life like nothing else I've ever experienced. And he said, I'm so glad to be here with you, but I can't wait to get back there with him. And so what do we do with this distress? We reclaim the name of Jesus. We reclaim the name of Jesus. I don't know what you're going through, but God says, I've got you before the matter, during the matter. Come on, some of you right now, you're in the middle of a great distress. God's got, God's got you. The Lord's got you. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's Jehovah Sid Canoe. We could keep going, right? He's Yahweh. He's everything you need at every point you need it. So with our division, we would say, I am your brother's keeper. (laughs) And with our distress, we would say, Jesus is my keeper. Jesus is my keeper. And, uh, And that's the way we want to pray today. Would you join me, Father, in the name of Jesus? I feel led to do this. So everybody who's going through it today, everybody who's going through it, if you're struggling, you're, you're in distress, or if you've got, you've just got division running around in your heart and your mind, would you slip your hand up for me? Slip your hand up. Distress, distress first. Everybody in distress. Anybody in division, come on, eyes, heads bowed, eyes closed. This is just, this is just for prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, God, let us reclaim your sovereignty right now. For every problem, every pain, every difficulty, every heartache. And Lord Jesus, help us to remember that we're one. In Christ's name, amen. Now, would you all just join me in praying? Just you can look up now. Would you join me in praying? Say, Lord Jesus. Today's a day. I surrender. I give you my life. Come on, if you've never done that before, just say, I give you my life. One more time. I give you my life. You see my stains. Come on, tell them. You see my stains. The Bible calls that sin. You see it. You see it. 
Just tell him, I'm giving it to you today. I hand it to you. Come into my life. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed that message from our lead pastor, Greg Dumas. Don't forget to follow us on social media at We Are Crossing on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to interact with you there. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash crossingchurch, where you can watch all of our messages, including weekend messages, noon prayer, first Wednesday, and we have video content for all ages, from preschool, elementary, and our students and young adults all have playlists right there on our YouTube channel. So check it out at youtube.com slash crossingchurch. Thanks for joining us, and we can't wait to see you next time.